Welcome to We Don't Owe You Shit. I'm Kaden Coleman, and this is... VP Ride. Um, I have an in-house guest. It's been a minute, right? I know. It's because, you know, people in Houston be flaky. They be like, I want to be on your podcast. Let me be on your podcast. And then they just disappear. And one thing about me is I'm not going to chase nobody to do nothing. So... Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Um, we're actually going to skip the Ask Caden uh, portion today, um, mainly because y'all are scared to ask questions. <laughs> y'all be all in my DMs. What I'm about to start doing is taking y'all questions from the DMs and just anonymously asking them. And if you listen to the podcast, you'll get it. And if you don't, you don't. That's just where we're going to be with it. Because I don't know why... You feel like I should take my time out unpaid to give you labor, but then when I give you the opportunity, hey, ask me questions, all of a sudden everybody quiet as crickets. Anyway, so thank you I for being- I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I just seg segued right into that. Anyway, so <laughs> um, thank you so much for making time. I know that you are also a parent. Um, we actually were supposed to be recording yesterday but as parenting does, shit comes up. And if anybody understands it, it's me. So everybody's probably wondering, well, who the hell is she? So uh, <laughs> go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do, like all the things. Yeah, so hey, y'all. My name is VP Wright. I am a content creator. I'm a certified life coach. Um, but then point being, like, I'm a poet, I'm an author. I wrote a book four years ago called You Are Enough, a story on self-love and healing, which is what we're going to be talking about today is yep. self-love, because mm -hmm. it's the best love. Yes. Uh, my pronouns are she, they, I identify as gender fluid, uh, so I may look uh, to this way today, but you can see me tomorrow. You never and I'm know. <laughs> you never know. You will never know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you have two kids? I do. Yeah, I'm a parent. I have two little ones, um, five and four. They're amazing, uh, and I'm also uh, divorced, so Me it's too. been, yeah, turn up. <laughs> <laughs> we out in these streets. The streets. Except for that I'm not in the street, because as we were discussing, the dating pool. is piss poor. It's, yeah, it's doo-doo. Somebody shat in there, and I don't want to, yeah, I ain't got time. <laughs> That being said, um, so <clears throat> you have a five-year-old and, five and a four-year-old, and this yeah. is not the topic of the conversation today, but I always feel like, how, how? Because a year apart is, that's wild. Yeah, they're 18 months apart, and it's crazy because... You was hunching. Ooh. <laughs> Damn, you in my pants. I mean, <laughs> I how? love it. I love it. That's so funny. You're not wrong. Right. Um, so yeah, it was not. It wasn't easy, um, especially because they were born. Uh, my my daughter Olivia, she turned one like right when the pandemic started. She turned one when the pandemic started. So, yeah. uh, going into like raising them in the house, we didn't go outside for a year. So like in the house. That was very difficult, and it's not easy, so I, I definitely had to, like, I lost myself a lot. I'm not going to lie. I lost myself a lot during that process. I can understand that, though, because, like, I know for me, I was just talking to my friend the other day, and we were talking about, um, like, what it's like for me and my nine-year-old once my toddler leaves. Mm -hmm. There's always this collective, because I co-parent 50-50 with her other parent, with her other dad, and there's always this collective, right? Mm -hmm. Because, and then it's like, she was asleep. My nine-year-old was asleep by like 6 p.m. yesterday, knocked out. I didn't even know wow. that she was asleep. <laughs> I was like, it's really quiet. What's going on? And we were talking about how there's this weird dynamic of like, Oh, I can't wait till she goes to her other parents' house so that I can just like decompress. Mm -hmm. But as soon as she leaves, I'm like, I miss my, my baby. baby. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have to 24/7 in the house, can't even go to the park, can't can't 
visit friends or family, can't you can't do nothing. I would have absolutely lost it. Oh, I lost it. I'm sure. I lost my mind. I'm sure. I uh I think like and I think back on that time too. Mind you, like during that time I was the sole provider of my family. We were doing a going through a pandemic. I'm building my business simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That was also oh my God, like George Floyd had happened. So like not just the city of Houston, but also just the whole world was yes. like scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. I do work in diversity, equity, inclusion. I'm getting pulled left and right, and so I'm working, 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 working. Meanwhile, there's a toddler in my lap. I'm like, I'm pumping one toddler in my lap while breastfeeding the other. Like Jeez. it's this. <laughs> I couldn't. And then you breastfeed. Oh lord. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's too much. Was the toddler still breastfeeding? No, no, thank God. Oh. Whew, okay. At least, listen. Um, I was pregnant during the, the, the pandemic, and that was a lot. Um, so I definitely get it. And the, the craziest thing is the way, the way I know you is um, right, after, <laughs> right after we moved here from um, being in New York, we moved here um, in um, October. Uh-huh. October of 2020 is when we moved here. Journey was about three, four months at the time. And a couple of months later, there was this huge freeze here in Houston. Now, they were making such a big deal out of it. I just moved here from New York City. So I'm sitting here like, bro, a little snow, a little ice ain't gonna hurt nobody. Woo, child. It shut the whole city down. Yeah. I didn't, I've never, I grew up in South Florida where we had hurricanes, which meant we, you know, you were in the house and the power was out. But the one thing you can always count on was the gas stations were still going to be open. Like, you could still move around once the storm passed. No, 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 no. Everything shut down. Yeah. You had to drive for miles to try to find a gas station that actually was open and that had some sort of food. Now, Journey's an infant. I'm postpartum. We didn't really plan, right? We did... Something told me to um, for us to get a um, hotel room. Uh. So we did. The hotel room had electricity the whole time. We ended up not having water, but it was fine. We had our hot pot. We had the big thing of water. We were good. We lived on the first floor, and the people upstairs, before they left, they turned their pipes on. And it burst the pipes. I remember It burst this. the pipes. Oh, my God. And then we saw... The Instagram post, like, hey, if you need things, and we were like, we need things, and they, I don't even know if it was like an organization. Or, oh no, it was Ori. Yes. Yeah. Right, and they showed up, and I kept saying, no, I just need a few things. They were like, no, take these diapers, take this, take this, and I'm like, okay, and like, really, that helped us through because you couldn't buy diapers, you couldn't Instacart diapers, you couldn't do nothing. Wait. No, that was Ruby with Wonder Like Wonder. I don't remember. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, okay, so I got a message from Ori, who's my friend out in New York. That's how they knew you. Yes. And then they... And then yes. they re- they referred you to me. I had... So I... Also, more context to this. I was raising money through my iPhone Woman account mm-hmm. um, because that was, like, with my company at the time, what we did is we had a scholarship fund and also, like, a, a resource fund. So during that time, all the funds for that time was going straight to helping people in need specifically creatives in Houston, and Ori reached out to me. I was working with Ruby to get resources out. Ruby and her team came out to y'all and was just like, take it. Yes, <laughs> and they were just like, take it, take it, take it. And I was like, no, I don't need it. Take it. And I was like, oh, my God. I was so overwhelmed because um, I had just moved here. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And we were just like, the the people upstairs, they, they left their pipes on which by the time we got back from the hotel, our apartment was flooded, the living room was flooded. It was absolutely nuts. And it was like, as time went by, I've gotten so like entrenched in things, I completely forgot you lived here. Until Threads came out, which <laughs> dropped on my birthday, by the way. Period. <laughs> um, and, and you mentioned something about Houston, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you need to be on my on my uh, podcast. And so that brings us to why we're here. So you talk a lot about like self-love and healing, which is something that's super near and dear to my heart because I have been on this crazy healing journey 
Um, and I've realized in like talking to the community, black community, trans community, queer community, um, collectively, mm -hmm. we all have things that we need to heal from. And I, what, I've, what I've learned personally is that unless you have an exorbitant amount of money and can afford therapy, yeah. um, our access to therapy is limited. And then when you do get access to therapy, um, when your identities start intersecting, finding someone who can actually understand you is next to impossible. Yeah. I know for me, um, I went to, so there's an organization out here, a Legacy Community. Yeah. And when I first was moving here, I started, of course, looking up trans resources um, and you know HIV prevention and stuff because that's what I work. That's what I was working in, and I wanted to make sure that I had access to my hormones and prep and all of the things. Found Legacy, and I'm like, yay! I had this trans competent community. Wrong. <laughs> I'm the person y'all know. I'm the person that's going to give it to you raw, real deal. Um, they don't know anything about transness. Um, I have one doctor there, actually two doctors there that I trust that I know know that they're competent as far as like my transition and stuff. Mm. And um, I was entrusting them to, to do therapy. I got on the waiting list, I waited my turn, I got on the waiting list and I got off the waiting list, I mean, and I got paired with the therapist and on our first session, I let her know my pronouns, that I have kids, yada 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 the first thing she did was tell me that i was somebody's mother so i then decided okay you're not going to work for me i gave her another chance she did the same thing i switched over to a new person she did the same exact thing and misgendered me and after she misgendered me she told me that i shouldn't be offended that she misgendered me so now i have no therapist so now in my brain i have to take this healing journey on my own yeah. You know what oh. I mean? And a lot of us don't have the tools for that. So that's why I thought, let me bring you in. Because even you were talking about um, your experience with like the pandemic and how you lost yourself. You obviously are, I mean, perception is reality, right? So Ooh. I'm just assuming that you're good. But I, I mean, I'm, you're very well put together if you're not. <laughs> 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 you got me fucking fooled. Um, so, like, wh what, let's start from, like, the beginning. What, if, if I'm somebody who, I'm feeling lost. Yeah. Uh, maybe I had a toxic-ass relationship or narcissistic parents or, hell, a narcissist for a partner or I'm stuck in a job that made me feel like I lost my identity or something. Where would you suggest people who don't have resources start? Oh my gosh. I mean, so for me, I had to get back to my art. Mm, like that okay. was that was the first thing I did to really start getting back to myself because that allowed me to open up to okay, getting back into therapy and mm. getting back into to um like potentially seeing a psychiatrist, which I did. Um like doing the things that I could do medically because I felt like I could actually trust my body to make good decisions for myself right, again. Right. And I mm -hmm. don't think people talk about that enough because whenever you're in a toxic situation or you're in a space with someone who isn't understanding or hearing or abusing you, which I wasn't being abused, but I did feel like I was just not being heard. Not being heard. Mm -hmm. And then like action, and then the, the difference is somebody listening and somebody hearing you. Yes. Right. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think like that was the first thing for me was like, okay, like what's something that I haven't done in so long that brought me a lot of joy? And it was dance. So mm -hmm. when I was like, when I left my ex, the first thing I, I did was get back into dance and I went to dance classes and I surrounded myself with a new community and hilariously enough, simultaneously, all of the friends that I had or who people who I thought were friends also left. So you, Ooh, you, I feel that. you get you get hit with the with the with reality real quick that oh you weren't just with uh, with or around me because you loved me, you were around me because you tolerated me. Yeah. Or because I served you in, beyond the not to, just tolerating me, um, I was serving you in a way yes. that I no longer serve you. And like for me, it was people wanting to, 
people loved being around me when I was toxic because that meant I was going out and getting blackout drunk and doing all, I was that party boy. Uh Um, And I realized I had nobody around me when I actually needed them. Yeah. And people just started like falling Falling away. And it, 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 it blow, it blew my mind because I was like, yo, like I helped you run your business. I help. I gave you free education. I fundraise. I crowdfunded right. for you. I'm, I'm doing all yeah. these things for you, right? And then I'm like, okay, I'm not realizing that you you quite literally only reached out to me because you needed me. Yeah. Versus you reaching out to me just to be like, yo, how are you? You good? Yeah. I know you're going through this thing. Like that is that's really crazy. Yeah. And um. To to that point, it starts that. To me, that was like the beginning of my, what really projected me, prompted me to want to go into like really doing the work for myself. Mm. Because I had to recognize that one, the people that I was surrounding myself with um, weren't my people. Yeah. They were not my people. Um, Two, I had to realize that I had to come to the recognition, I had to come to the (laughs) The recognition. The realization. The realization. Yeah, you go. I'm like, what word am I trying to come up with? Um, That I was choosing those people Uh because I didn't like being alone and I was just okay with being around anyone. Uh I wasn't okay with being alone with myself and I had to figure out why that was. Yeah. Um, And it took a lot of like sitting with myself and figuring a lot of things out. Um, and I think that people just don't understand. I think we live in a in a society where we get our validation, especially these days, from social media mm-hmm. and from what everybody else thinks about us. And we do not stop to think that if today every bit of social media were to be wiped from the face of this planet and we didn't have access to our cell phones, and we had to old school image and write letters and, mm-hmm. and there would be so much time we'd have to spend with ourselves and what would happen. I honestly pe- think people will start on unaliving themselves left and right because you don't know what to do with yourself outside of everyone else. Yeah. And like for me as a trans person, um, like that is huge. It's monumental because we spend especially someone like me, I'm an advocate, I'm always speaking out on behalf of the community, so much so that I barely pay attention to myself. Mm-hmm. And I had forgotten who Caden was. Mm. And what ended up happening was, like, you know, I got out of the relationship and I started having conversations with other people. And one of the main questions they asked, so what are your hobbies? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, uh, oh, that's real. What do you like to do? And at that time, I was drinking a lot. And I, that, you know, actually, I'm kind of an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> that's not attractive. So what do you say? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's some, a big thing. Think to yourself. If you're listening to this, what are your hobbies? Like, what are the things that you do for you? Yeah. What do you do for self-enjoyment, self-fulfillment? Because even to this day, I still don't know. Mm. Because I spend all of my time either combating transphobes, bigots, um, thinking about my brand, thinking about my kids. Yeah. Some days I go, it'll be 9 p.m., I'll have a headache, I'm shaking, and I'm trying to figure out why. I haven't fed the kids three meals. And you haven't eaten haven't at eaten. all. Mm-hmm. Everything comes before me, mm. which is how I know I'm still on this journey, right? Yeah. Um, so, like... So you turn to your art and dancing. Mm-hmm. I forgot that you, I wonder if you know my ex. He's also a dancer. Anyway. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so you turn to art. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some more tips? Like, so say for example, I'm not an artist. I'm not a dancer. Yeah. I can't dance worth a damn, honestly. I ain't got no, if you ever see my TikToks, baby, I'd be in here like, it's bad. No, you're not a dancer, but you're a phenomenal writer. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're a phenomenal writer. Like yes. I, I, when I say like go back to your art, like 
everyone is an artist in their own way. Quite, yeah, that's true. Quite literally. Um, oh my gosh. So like, I think like for me, it was going back to dance, going back to like what brought me joy. Uh, it was also writing. So like, I'm I'm finishing my second book, and that comes out at the end of the year, which is very exciting. And that's literally all on grief and divorce. So like, love that. Love that. Don't we love writing about our traumas? Yes. Monetize your trauma. I'm just kidding. Don't, please don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> please don't. But like. But, but there is so much, there is a lot of, do you know what's so funny? When I started like documenting what the separation looks like, because I didn't talk about it for a long time because it was embarrassing. Like being an online brand, being something people look to, your relationship is online. Like, it, I know you know this. <laughs> you know it. Yeah. So you know, you like, see me over here like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know you know. And mm-hmm. I, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like I failed. And I failed publicly and in front of everybody. And you assume people are talking about you. Yo, when I tell you that you have to like quite literally take yourself out of whatever you think you are and get back to who you know you are, like say it. Say exactly who you are. Break your entire self down. I went, I literally what I did is I went in, and this is before I started therapy again, I went in and I looked at everything about myself for my identity factors when it comes to intersectionality because that's the root of who you are, so you start there. I went from identity, and then I went to my astrology, and then I went to my human design, and I just kept going mm-hmm. and going and going because you you don't even realize how interconnected all those things yep. are yep. until you look at every single piece of yourself. And then I also, and I just, I just threaded this today, I also admitted to where where I was wrong, and where I the shadow work <laughs> shadow work is real. Shadow work is real, and yes. it, it took a lot for me to admit that I was wrong. And even though I felt like I was when I was wronged in my relationship, I was also mm-hmm. willing to own that. Hey, I I there fucked up here yep. too. Exactly. Ooh, that shit is nasty. Woo. I hate that. It's my least favorite part. Um, because it's so easy to just push all the blame on somebody else. Yeah. But you gotta be like, come on now. It takes two to tango, it takes two. fam. It takes two. Yeah. So, was, were you being a little manipulative, Kaden? Yes. Was you being controlling? Yes. <laughs> like, was you bugging some of the time? Absolutely. <laughs> I were there times I when you were triggered and you took it out on them, regardless of whether they were the actual cause of the trigger yes yeah there's mo- there's a lot um and you know i definitely speaking on um speaking about your relationship i i think about talking about it a lot mm. um i had two very public relationships both of which um i actually had a few very public relationships but the two that resulted in both of my kids are the main ones that people talk about. Mm. And when you want to talk about embarrassing, um, mainly because as a trans person, a lot of people like to convince you that you're not worthy of love and they can't wait. They hate to see you happy. So, you know, both of my, all of my relationships, I've had people, trolls coming in and jumping into my ex's inbox and telling them what how a horrible person and pretending like they knew things about me that they didn't know it's crazy absolutely crazy um and then like after the breakup they would it, it's their i told you so moment yeah you, I, I mean, he couldn't have loved you that's a gay man there's no way he can love you and it's like Oh, he's still gay. Y'all are yeah. weird. Yeah, <laughs> we're not even gonna get. We can't even into get that. into that. Like, we're not even gonna get into that. But it's always like, because of that, you want to be like, okay, let me tell y'all the actual, factual. <clears throat> but that's a slippery slope, and you know, I'm not in the habit. That's another part of self healing, understanding that you don't have to explain yourself you don't have to tell your story you don't have to try to make somebody else look like the villain and you be the victim so you can get that sympathy so or that so that you can write the the fix the image that other people have of you in in their heads because the truth is those people that have that image they're not going to change it no they've decided who you were well before you know, you ever gave them a reason to. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do to change that. And throwing somebody else under the bus um, makes no sense. And what I had to realize was, I just realized this a couple of days ago. 
because I talk, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more open about talking about toxic relationships and stuff. And I had to recognize that having a, being in a toxic relationship with someone and having bad experiences with the person means that that relationship was toxic, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that person is a bad person. And yes. it doesn't necessarily mean that they're toxic. Mm-hmm. It's that when you're in a toxic situation like that, it will bring out the worst sides of you and you just happen to be privy to that person's worst sides because you were in a toxic relationship boom yes that baby isn't that that's hard that's (laughs) hard hard. like and i i think i think one of the biggest things that i hear from people who know the situation and see me online when i mention like i'm going through something they're like you literally never talk about your ex in a negative light publicly ever i'm like why would i yeah that that shit lives on the internet my kids are going to grow up to be adults they're going to look up both of our names because both of us are going to be successful still yes and, like, and i made the mistake i made the mistake i because i was in such i was in panic mode mm. and i was so worried about how everybody was going to see me that i felt like i needed to explain and i needed to point out all the things he did wrong to me and da 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 da, da. Mm. and of course i wasn't mentioning the things i did wrong because who does that, right? Um, and now you'll never see me talking negatively about him. Mm-hmm. Um, when people ask me about either one of my exes, the first thing I say is I'm not discussing that. Um, when they ask, because people have this weird habit of asking me if my kids ever see their other parent. And I'm like, I co-parent. They're, both of my kids are, parents are active in their life fully. Full stop. End of conversation. Yeah. Because people will, people love drama, so they will try to coax you into, they'll bait you into bad-mouthing uh-huh. um, the other person. And at the end of the day, I had to recognize that my personal relationship with them has nothing to do with the fact that now we're co-parents. Yeah. And I cannot sully their name um, in my benefit now and then be looking stupid when my kids are like, but you said right here in this, right here on this YouTube video. Yeah. He said that, that daddy was, uh, and I'm uh, not because, oh, 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 oh. So it's, yeah. you know, it's definitely a big portion of healing is not trying to dump everything on somebody else and really like taking into accountability because that's the only thing you can control is you yeah like how can i do better next time and how can i react like what is my reaction going to actually be right whether publicly or not Not, by the mm -hmm. way this is not just for people who have public platforms or anything like recognizing the ways that you react whether it be in regards to somebody else or you being triggered um one of the things that I've been talking about a lot on my platform these past couple of days is how your mind can lie to you. So I have been, I, I repeat it. I've been repeating it, repeating it. I got on live this morning with eye boogers still in my eyes, faces crusty, musty. It was crazy. But I had a testimony. I'm not religious, but it was still a testimony. And I needed people to, I don't know who I felt needed to hear it and come to find out there were so many people that needed to hear it. And I was like, you know, just in case you don't know, you can trust your intuition while also acknowledging that your mind will lie to you Mm -hmm. as a trauma response. And what do I mean by that? Like, for example, uh, you meet somebody, right? You just got out of a, maybe not just got out of a relationship, because please give yourself time to heal. But you meet someone and they're everything, right? And so instead of enjoying the fact that they're everything, your mind starts telling you, look for them red flags. Because remember, you thought them red flags were pink last time. Mm-hmm. So every little thing that they do, you're like, ah, uh-uh, uh-uh, what, what, what is going on here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, your anxiety will lie to you because, because it's like, we can't go through what we just went through. So it's easier to get out now mm-hmm. than to wait around and see if it's going to end up that way. And you end up self-sabotaging and talking yourself out of great things that could have been friendships or whatever, jobs or opportunities mm-hmm. because your mind lied to you. So how would you um, suggest people 
kind of like navigate that inner dialogue and that anxiety along their journey? Remember that people are a fresh slate. Yes. Also remember that we cannot take everything personally. How the previous person treated you is not going to be how the next person treats you and the next person is not that previous person. Mm-hmm. That, for me, that's a constant reminder. Even when I'm interacting with, because we both do like work around diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. etc. Even when I'm talking to people who like cannot fathom that if you're black or brown, you, you may have gone through racist things and they've never seen it. I have to remember that I'm like, okay, their experiences inform their bias Mm -hmm. and that has nothing to do with me exactly exactly and it's not always malicious it's not always malice i had to i have to remind myself of that every single day Mm -hmm. and and i think it's important to to point out i'm glad you brought, brought that up that this is not just for romantic situations this is in every facet of your life your family um we often we get so caught up in our lives that we forget that as life is happening as me and you are sitting here right now everybody else's life is happening Mm -hmm. also so what you're feeling and what you're going through other people might be blind to that because they're also feeling and going through their own things right so you cannot approach people um from where you're at so if you're at up here you're already on 10,000 and you coming at them, expecting them to understand, that doesn't make any sense. And now you're upset, they're upset. You done triggered yourself. You done probably self-sabotaged <laughs> yourself out of something. Now, and you trying to, woe is me. Oh my God, nobody understands me. You didn't give nobody a chance. Yeah. And that's what I mean about your mind. You, 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 when we've been through things and we all have been through things, all of us, whether or not you choose to repress those things or push through those things or pretend like those things weren't traumatic for you, they were. And a lot of the times people hide behind, oh, I, I'm, I'm a hot-headed. I have anger Such management a poor, issues. His poor excuse. <laughs> Maybe you're triggered. Yes. You're triggered. And you're just not wanting to do the work to figure out what your triggers are so that you can stop being a shitty ass person. It's easier to stay in those triggers and it's easier to self-sabotage because doing the harder work of actually owning up the fact that I am getting triggered and I am sticking to this because it's easier, Mm -hmm. it's better for somebody. Yeah, like imagine, and this is why I have a hate-love relationship with social media, right? Because there's so much contradicting information on there, right? (laughs) In the sense of, like, bitch, do I be ruthless and cold-hearted? Or am I supposed to be empathetic? And then, like, like, social media especially, like, it, it... uplifts people who are cold. I match energies and if you, you know, I'm a fall, my fall back game is hard and I'm cutting everybody off and blah, 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 blah. And then on the same token, after you just shared that meme, you're writing a post that said, talking about how um, you're lonely and nobody gives a shit about you and you keep showing up for people but nobody's showing up for you. Have you ever considered this fact because you're cold hearted? You're cutting everybody, everybody off. off? Yeah. I'm yelling at myself, by the way. <laughs> I am yelling at myself. <laughs> I'm gonna cut somebody out, cut everybody off. You know, fuck the shit. I'm sick of these people. And then I'll be sitting in the house. Why don't nobody ever? <laughs> I ain't got no friend for real. I need to go outside. And he'd be like, "Well, Kaden, you need to be cussing everybody out every time you feeling triggered." Okay, you might be right. And that's the thing, like, we're, we're it's, I think that as a generation, as a whole, as a society, we really need to focus on our interpersonal relationships yeah. and actually fostering community because we have this faux idea of what, of this community that we've, we've built. And it's, there's no community. There's no community sense. And it's not just the LGBTQIA plus 
I, I sit back and I observe everybody. Mm -hmm. Straight cisgender people are going to war with each other about who's too masculine, who's feminine, who's submissive, who's dominant. Uh, trans people are going to war about who's trans enough, who's not trans enough, what we're supposed to be doing with each other's body. Non-binary people, trans people are against non-binary people because somehow their existence takes away from our existence, which it does not, by the way. Straight cisgender people are mad at trans people because of inclusive language and they don't want us to use the bathroom that we've been using for decades, mind you. Um, and, and it's just, and then we're like, oh, Black Lives Matter, do they? And then when with Black Lives Matter, all Black Lives don't matter. Though. Right, exactly. Black Lives Matter as long as you're heterosexual, cisgender, and Christian. Christian. What the fuck? <laughs> so it's like, we don't have any sense of community and we wonder why we can't come together and make sense of everything. We've talked so much about how the world is going to shit and society is trash. Well, guess who society is, y'all? That's ours. Like, we are, the per we are the people and we get on these social media apps and we bully people and we make fun of people for things they can't control and it is so, like, it doesn't make any sense and I feel like there's so much healing and self-work that needs to be happen collect happening collectively. And if you didn't notice, I'm mainly talking to my community, mm -hmm. as in black people, because I don't I don't make it a bit my business to talk on in lanes that I'm not in. And mm -hmm. I'll never be white, so I can't talk on that. But I know I'm sure there's I know there's healing that needs to happen there, but I'm just not gonna talk on it. But I just feel like we need to get past this idea of mental illness being the stigmatized thing. Um, one thing I noticed a lot is black people specifically coming into like my lives and stuff on TikTok and they'll be praying for me and telling me I need to accept the Lord Jesus Christ into, their, into my life and then saying that I have a mental illness. And my response is okay. So if I do have a mental illness, what's next? Mm -hmm. So are you saying that everyone with a mental illness should be bullied and treated like shit and we're somehow demons? Like, what is it that you're trying to say? It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with having a mental illness? Why is that a bad thing? So if you believe that my being trans is a mental illness, why are you trying to bully me about it? Do you go around bullying depressed people, schizophrenic people, neurodivergent people, autistic people? Are you just anybody who is not neurotypical and mentally well but who the fuck is anyway no one. Um, <laughs> no one no one are you just going around bullying everybody or just the people that don't align with your idea of what's normal and what's okay and that i think that that piece there because i think that's whenever people do that they, that's quite literally their inability to take themselves out of a situation and remember that there's a whole planet that we live in that <laughs> that exists without their perspective. So if they weren't here right now, the world would still move. Exactly. And I, I think like, it, it blows my mind when people quite literally try to force their beliefs or force whatever they're thinking onto someone else when prior, five seconds prior to them, they didn't even know that person existed. They didn't know they existed. And then they start pushing beliefs, pushing whatever they feel like is supposed to be right or wrong onto folks. And when I see that, or even when I see what's happening now in the US, which has always happened, yes. it's just been under the covers a little bit. Right. And now it's just out there, right? right? But you have laws against trans folks, laws against black and brown folks, laws against women, laws against gay people, gay people. La hell, laws against men, yes. like laws against black men, mm -hmm. people who are being attacked on a regular basis who are na now attacking everybody else yep. because if you're able to attack everybody else in that one specific law, you can keep people separate yep. versus if we think, oh my God, if we think about like what Huey Newton did, for example, bringing the Rainbow Coalition together, mm -hmm. Think about if we yep. start doing that again today. Yeah. And how e how easy because we have social media, we should be able we to do that. We should be able to so do that easily. But it's hurt people, hurting people. Yes. The oppressed feeling like you know what, I may be black, but at least I'm not trans. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bully you because I'm being bullied. Yes. And so I'm going to keep it going because it makes me feel better because I feel powerless against the people bullying me. So I'm going to become the bullier. Instead of saying, hey, I'm black. Guess what? You're black too. You may happen to be trans. And maybe I don't understand that. And when people say, 
I don't understand. They, they always come into my lives and they're like, I don't understand. I said, you want to know the beauty of life? We don't have we don't to understand have to. Mm -hmm. everything. And imagine if we lived in a world where of all the billions of people on this planet, we were all the same and believed the same thing. We would be bored to fucking tears. Yeah. You don't have to understand things to respect people. And respect is not forcing a belief. You know what forcing a belief is? Knocking on people's doors and shoving pamphlets in their face and telling them that they're going to hell because they don't believe what you believe. Imagine if we all adopted that thought process of you don't believe what I believe, you don't like what I like. I like bologna, you like ham, therefore you're a horrible person and you're going to hell. That's how y'all sound, like dead ass. That's how you sound. And there needs to be a lot of healing, religious healing, yeah. um, healing from this crab in the barrel mentality that we have, thinking that equity and equality and respect is pie and that somehow it's about to run out when it's plentiful and, and infinite and we have, we really could all benefit from it. Like if we healed as a community and actually came together, like imagine, yeah. but that's what they don't want us to do. That's why they put out the propaganda that trans people are grooming kids. Grooming them for what? Tell me how I would benefit by children being trans. That's right. Is it going to pay my bills? No. Is it going to make me somehow like a super, it's like Pokemon if I recruit <laughs> trans kids, I evolve and get super fucking powers? No. Not you being Pikachu. <laughs> like Charizard around this bitch? Like, I don't understand. Like, and y'all eat it up. You eat it up because it's something you don't understand. And you're not understanding that while you're sitting here focusing on the fact that somebody called you cisgender, which is not a slur, by the way, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> they're making laws against you. Yeah, actively. Actively. Right? They did, they're sneaking it underneath the door, literally, after, after hours when you can't protest to it. And you're so busy worried about being hateful towards another group of people that you could even catch it on time. Mm -hmm. And they're doing that for everyone. And I keep saying it's only a matter of time before they get us all. And then what are we going to do? Yeah. And that's why we got to heal. And like that's why we have to heal. Like we, we have to. And, it, and, it, and it's, I know for me, like I have like my tips of what I, I did and what mm -hmm. people can do. But it, it's going to take people. The main thing is taking time to realize that you are wrong. Like take the time to realize that you are wrong and that you have a lot of healing to do and that there's things in your life all the way down to your childhood that you mm -hmm. have not accepted for yourself yet. Having conversations with our goddamn parents. Yes. Like uh, get, when you're in a phase where you have to start parenting your parent, mm -hmm. that's a whole different level of hearing because yep. he healing because now both of y'all are going through this process together yep. and you don't even know how, mu how much that's needed because our parents get set in their ways after a certain amount yep. of time. And we they don't like accountability and they have selective fucking memories and yes. you fully remember being abused and don't let grandkids come into the play because suddenly they 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 forgot how to whoop ass and stuff and you like and well, you're damn, like, well damn. you used to do this to me no i didn't where the hell did i grow up at? that's crazy but honestly like it all like it's all to me it's a snowball effect so once yeah. you start realizing the things it just you get more and more curious and i literally just finished a workshop that i ended with I was talking about um, anti-racism, anti-blackness, um, intersectionality, and all that stuff. And I was telling them that the easy part is learning the things, right? I can teach you all of the, the buzzwords and the keywords and all of the things. That's easy. The hard part is the unlearning, mm -hmm. right? So you have to unlearn all of these trauma responses that you have, all of these internal biases that you have, all of the ways in which you shut yourself, yourself down right and learn how to actually heal that inner child inward and then outward and then also encouraging the people around you to do the same whether it be through therapy group chats whatever the fucking church whatever how whatever works for you right encourage that safe that safe space for healing and stop demonizing people having mental health and trauma responses and triggers and anxiety and stuff Kids. <laughs> it's okay. Like, you don't hear me talking? 
and you know this door is squeaky, and I'm not editing it out. <laughs> anyway, so tell us, we're about to wrap up, but tell us about your book that you already have out mm-hmm. and your book that's coming up yeah. and what benefit and where people can get it from and all that good stuff. Okay, yeah. So the first book is called You Are Enough, A Tale of Self-Love and Healing. It's very short. It's a chat book. It's six, chat book, excuse me. 69 pages long. LOL. But it's basically love letters that I wrote to 17-year-old me. Oh. I was 24 when I wrote it. I wrote it back to 17-year-old me. Um, after I had my daughter. So I was literally on maternity leave speed writing this book. It kind of came to me, and then when it was done, it was done. I love that. Um, and unfortunately, you can find that on Amazon. So, you know, do what you will with that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's available there. And then my second book is called This Book Doesn't Have a Happy Ending, uh, Poetry and Prose on Divorce and Grief During the Pandemic. And... I'm very excited for that because I've been writing that over the last two years. Didn't even realize I was writing it until I was like, I think this is the second book. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited for it because it's not only just going to be the poetry, but also spoken word and music. Ooh. So, yeah, so that that's awesome. going live in December. And, of course, there's going to be a release party, so, like, I really want you there. I'm in. Absolutely. I'm in. Um, you already know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think like with that specifically, there was a lot that happened during the pandemic that I was really hesitant on sharing, Mm -hmm. um, that I realized that, oh my gosh, like there are millions, quite literally millions of people who went through the same, if not similar things. And it's been some time since we technically reached the end of the pandemic, even though people are still dying from COVID and there were quotation marks there just for those who can't see. There were quotation marks um, because uh, the effects of that we're going to feel for quite some time. And I decided to share it because I wanted someone in the future to be able to look back on this time period and say, what was it like to be um, a person going through a really Mm -hmm. hard time around divorce and grief during the pandemic? And at least they have my portion of it to look back on. So that sounds like it's, it's really heavy, but also very needed. Um, I talk about like the the time of like the heaviest parts of COVID a lot, and I think as much as so many people lost people close to them or lost parts of themselves or relationships crumbled, I think COVID was the reset we didn't know that we needed. Absolutely. And I feel like everything happens for a reason, and the universe is never wrong in the sense of we can either fumble this bag or really do what we need to be doing. And you can see that the world is really aching to get to that place of like self-healing and doing the right thing. Um, but there also are the power that, that the powers that be that are doing everything in their power to make that not happen. Yeah. Because if that when, if and when that happens, they lose that power and that one percent that they have. They lose that. And if we could all just pay attention and listen, um, it would be amazing. So where are we going to be able to find this book in December? Yeah. Also Amazon? So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not publishing it through KDP. Okay. So that's the, the glorious thing. Um, but it is going to be on Amazon. It's also going to be on Barnes & Noble, Apple Books, etc. I'm it. doing okay. a global distribution this time. The first one was just, was just me and myself, my self-publishing ways. I am self-publishing this one. But this will be the last book that is doing that, and it's my first full collection. So like, okay, she she gonna be thick. Okay, I'm I'm um, I'm, I'm excited for I'm it. Ex- December. I, I'm excited. December will be here before you know it. Yeah. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah. On uh, social on the socials. On the socials, so you can find me on Instagram, Threads, uh, and TikTok at the as in T H E V P. Uh, v as in Victoria, P as in Pearl, right? W-R-I-G-H-T. Um, my website is www.vpright.com um, in case you want to find any of my resources or links there. And you do coaching and stuff, I right? I do, yes. um, but I'm actually relaunching my program uh, later this year. I have a couple programs that I've done in the past. That's a, literally a whole other podcast episode <laughs> is that journey. Um, but the relaunch is happening this fall. Um, and I'm really excited about it because it's also going to be around self-love, healing, and identity. Uh, so just the work that I do just from a different lens. Okay. Love that. So 
if you feel like you could benefit from this, um, even if you don't, give, 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 give a follow, give a follow. I personally enjoy, um, I personally enjoy their content. Um, it'll be stuff that I'll just be kind of like scrolling and then I'll, I'll be like, yes! And then I'll see who posted and I'll be like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I find myself like sharing things and I'm like, oh, it's okay, it's her. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that kind of thing. Um, but if you, if you like just general positive, um, motivational, informative um, content, um, I know on threads it can get a little raunch raunch. Everybody gets a little, you know, that's where we I get. am unhinged. Yeah, I was just about to say, we go to threads to be unhinged. So if you follow there, just expect that. Same for me. I'd be just, I definitely binge type at the end of the night. Yes, me too. <laughs> that's my I'll free forget, time. I'll forget threads even exist during the day. And then at night, I'm like, I might regret this, but I'm going to type it anyway. Um, so yeah. Um, let us know what you think about this episode. Um, for those who don't know, uh, I am starting with, for those who leave comments on what they do and don't uh, like about the show, it doesn't have to be positive. I'm here for constructive criticism. Oh. Um, but if you leave a comment, um, you will get a shout out on the next podcast. Um, I'm still open to receiving questions for Ask Caden. Um, it's literally askkaden at transgendertime.com is where you can uh, submit your questions. Um, feel free to hit Miss VP right up here. Um, she might charge you, so don't get in her inbox asking questions, expecting free labor. Um, <laughs> just being honest. I tell people all the time, um, if your question wasn't answered here and you have further questions, feel free, but I'm going to send you the Calendly link and you're going to get charged because nobody's time is free, not even yours. Ooh. Um, was there anything else you needed to add before we go? I love you. I love you more. <laughs> All right. Thanks, y'all. Until next time, have the day you deserve. <laughs>